We're so glad that you've joined us today on the Relevant Church Podcast. There's so much God wants to do in and through you as you listen to this message. If you want to learn more about Relevant Church, visit us online at thisisrelevant.cc. Every marriage should start off with a few things. Mm-hmm. Every marriage should start off with a few things. Want to share those things? Starts off with communication. Absolutely. So those pillow talks, and I'm not just talking about, a lot of time people hear the term pillow talk and they just think, oh, that talk after we have sex. No, I'm talking about the late night, the getting to know each other. That the talk being is good, on, though. I like that talk. The being on the phone late nights, the, the conversations that where, where it's 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock in the morning, you're still discovering each other and learning about past and talking about your childhood and talking about your parents and everything like that. So that's the kind of communication that it starts off with, right? And then it goes into a partnership. So it's no longer just talking, but it's starting to do life together with the person. It's, it's working together. It's starting to align your goals together, going places together. So it now becomes into a team effort. Like me and this person, we're a team. We do things together. Yes, we're not married yet, but we do things together. And then the... Um, The last one, which is the deepest of all the relationships, which is the deepest of all what marriages should start off with, is intimacy. And and really, that is where we are going to land today, is that we're going to be talking about intimacy. So that is the level of pillow talk we are talking about today in regards to marriage, intimacy. What was the the second one? The second one was... uh, Commun- the first is communication. Uh-huh. Second is partnership. Partnership. And the third, which is the deepest one, is intimacy. So intimacy comes in different forms, y'all. So today we're going to talk about three different forms of intimacy um, that will help you build a healthy marriage. You ready, baby? Are you I'm ready. ready to dig I'm in? I'm ready. Yeah. So the first, the first level of in- in- intimacy that we want to talk Come about on. is sexual intimacy. We're going to hit it just right from the top. Come on. No pun intended. Hey. <laughs> See, somebody, 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 caught caught somebody I heard it. somebody in the back like, mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew it was you, Kimberly. I, knew, I didn't want to bust you out, but I knew it was Kimberly. So, the first level of marriage that we want to talk about, the sec- first level of intimacy that we want to talk about is sexual intimacy. And this is the first lesson that we want you to take away. Sexual in- intimacy, I can't say the word. Sexual intimacy is not limited to sex. Oh. Sexual intimacy is not limited to sex. Te- you tongue-tied today, babe. Help me out, babe. I've been looking at you. You're so fine. Sexual intimacy is not limited to the sex act, guys. But it does beg the question... This is a big one. Don't nudge him or her. Don't look Don't to squirm. your left or right. Am I sexually attracted to my spouse? Yeah. So sexual intimacy is not limited to sex, but it does beg the question, am I sexually attracted to my spouse? Yeah. Because marriage is not just an intellectual contract. Nope. Nor is it just a tool of reproduction. A friend of mine was telling me about their professor at school who shun sex, only allowed, made an allowance for reproduction. So the only time their professor had sex was only when they were having children because in their mind, the way they grew up, sex is a bad thing. Yeah. And if you uh, think about sex as a good thing, it's easy to over-sexualize everything. Mm-hmm. And that's not true. Sex is not, I mean, a marriage is not just an intellectual contract. It's not something that you come in and say, hey, listen, our paths are aligned. This is the way we're going. Mm-hmm. This, this works together. Or, nor is it a thing where we're just like, hey, we come together just for making babies. We need to procreate. We need to bring more people into this world. It's, it's not a baby-making production factory. No. That is, that's not marriage. We were meant to enjoy each other. Yeah. Hello, somebody. Yeah. We were meant to enjoy each other. However, sex is a weird topic in churches. Yeah, it is. And I know it because last week when we first started to talk about this, and I mentioned sex in like the first two minutes, everybody went. Silence. I'm like, y'all all know you exist because somebody had sex. <laughs> like, we act like, oh my gosh, we can't talk about sex. Why? <laughs> sex is good. Yeah, Listen, it is. Even, even with students, like I used to be a youth pastor, right? Right? Come on. Want, want, want to take an intermission? 
I mean, how much time we got? Works the thing, you wanna come back? Take some time, a little bit. Even when I used to be a youth pastor, yeah. I would say it in front of my students, sex is great. People are like, oh my gosh. No, I don't wanna make sex weird. No. That's why they go and explore. Because like, oh, what is it? No, look, sex is great, but it's amazing in the context of marriage. Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm going to tell you right now, we talked about it last week, that when we were dating, we weren't saved, and so, you know, my wife just couldn't her, keep her hands off of me. It's true, though. <laughs> I told y'all I was not lying. I was trying to be a good Christian boy. God was doing something in my he was heart. Trying to be celibate I was having this revival time. take place, and I said, God, I am committing to be celibate until I am married, and then he this did. dark chocolate, pretty fine wine <laughs> thing showed up, yeah, and the problem I had a crush on her since freshman year. Yep. So I was like, this is my one shot. Yep. If she gives it up, boy, you better take it. You better lock it up. <laughs> Don't say no. You might not ever get it again. Wow. But the reality is, yes, we did have premarital sex, but the sex right now is so much more glorious. I just told her, and yep. some of y'all may think this is crazy, but I'm going to tell you, when you get there, you're you going to get it. The, one of the last times we had Literally. it, one of the last times, we have it a lot, but one of the last times, <laughs> we were just talking to, uh, I think, Pastor Taylor, Pastor Taylor. and, and uh, Jonathan, mm -hmm. that I prayed through the entire time. I prayed while we had sex the entire, glory to God, thank you, Jesus, this is incredible. God, yeah. this intimacy that you're giving us is incredible. And for y'all who, uh, uh, who's praying the spirit, I was in there, I shut up, oh, come they shut up. I was listening, I was praying in the spirit because sex is amazing yeah, and we need to stop making it weird in church. Relevant church, can we make sex great again? Yeah. Come on, everybody. Come on. That's true. We need, we need to have hats. Relevant church. Make sex great again. Come on. I'm here for it. But here's the thing. I had somebody tell me a couple of weeks ago that uh, me talking about how much I love my wife or the way you just mentioned, like, she looked good. And when I say, like, oh, my God, she's fine. She's, you know, dark as chocolate and just, you know, Hershey's mm -hmm. kiss. And, man, she's, you know, fine as wine. Somebody said, um, that makes me feel very uncomfortable. It feels like you're objectifying your wife. That's what they said. They said that I'm objectifying. They had an issue with it. They had an issue with me declaring how good she looks publicly yeah. in front of people. They said, you know, that's it's just a little awkward. It's very uncomfortable. And I just feel like there's a little bit of objectifying in there. But can I tell you, being attracted to your spouse and talking about it. Yeah. It's biblical. Yeah, it is. It's biblical. You want to write this down? Song of Solomon, chapter 4. Song of Solomon, chapter 4. Let me tell you, there is an entire book on sex in the Bible. Yeah, there is. You can talk about the Bible is boring. That's what I say. You're boring. <laughs> Bible ain't boring. This is, this is uh, Solomon. Mm -hmm. And now, he's actually writing this and publishing it for other people to read. Yeah. So essentially, we're looking at him and his wife's journal. And God places it in the Bible so that we can learn that being attracted to your wife, being attracted to your spouse is a healthy thing. It's a biblical thing. And you should let other people know that you're attracted to your spouse. Yeah. Right? Yeah, somebody clap. Thank you. Thank you. So I'm going to read a big chunk. This is uh, Song of Solomon chapter 4. Let me, let me give you the verses, then I'll read it. Song of Ch uh, Solomon, chapter 4, verse 1 through 7. And then chapter 7, verse 1 through 4. And then within chapter 7, verse 6 through 9 and 10. So Song of Solomon, 1 through 7. You want me to write it down yeah, while you, you read you it? Yeah, you can write it down okay. so they can get it. All right. And this is what it says. Behold, you are beautiful, my love. See, now this is when I need the band up here. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Behold, you are beautiful, my love. Behold, you are beautiful. Your eyes are doves behind your veil. Your hair is like a flock of goats. <laughs> Boy, I tell you. <laughs> Remember? I, I whip my hair back and forth. No. Leaping down the slopes of Gilead, your teeth are like a flock of shorn ewes. Hey. I don't even know what shorn ewes are. 
that have come up from the washing, all of which bear twins, and not one among them has lost as young. <laughs> it's like, you got all your teeth in your mouth, baby. Amen, love that, <laughs> love that. <laughs> Says your lips are like a scarlet thread, and your mouth is lovely. Your cheeks are like halves of a pomegranate behind your veil. Your neck is like the Tower of David built in oh. rows of stone. Hey. On it hang a thousand shields, all of them shields of warriors. Your two breasts, <laughs> it says it in the Bible. <laughs> People got mad because I said titty babies last time. It's in the Bible. Your two breasts are like two fawns, twins of a gazelle that graze among the lilies. Okay. <laughs> Until the day breeze and the shadow, uh, and the shadows flee, I will go away to the mountain of myrrh mm. and the hill of frankincense. You know what he's talking about? He. You are altogether beautiful, my love. There is no flaw in you. This is a man declaring how much he loves his spouse, how much, and you notice how he's going from the top of the head, he's just going down, yeah. he's reading her body. Yeah, he is. He is literally looking her up and down. You are supposed to look at your spouse up and down. When my wife, listen, I was in the shower, and my wife already, and look, all right, look, TMI, I'm gonna tell y'all. <laughs> Our shower is see-through. So I could see my wife while I'm in the shower, and she walked in, because she was already dressed, and I was like, good God! You are fine. She looked beautiful. She's attractive to me. When I look at her, I declare how beautiful she is. It doesn't matter. We may be here. Man, sometimes I'm preaching, and I got to make sure this is turned on airplane mode, because she'll be sending me text messages while I'm preaching. She's like, I can't wait to get you home. <laughs> and I read that. I'm like, oh, oh, lost my train of thought. <laughs> Jesus, take the wheel. <laughs> but we're supposed to declare how much we love our spouse, yeah. right? Mm -hmm. and, and check this out in chapter 7. I wanted to read this part. So he tells her more stuff. I'm not going to read all the rest of that stuff. But listen to how she responds in verse 10 of chapter 7. I am my beloved's, and his desire is for me. Come on, yeah. Wouldn't, want you, wouldn't you want to know that you're desired by your spouse? Yeah. And don't, you know what I mean, don't put your hand up, don't nudge your spouse. But I know that there's a lot of spouses out there because, you know, we're pastors, we counsel a lot of people, we talk to a lot of people who don't know that their spouses are attracted to them. Yeah, and that's sad. Because there's no affection, there's no verbal affirmation. Mm -hmm. They never say, girl, you look good. They don't say, oh boy, I just want to tear your clothes off. Like, they don't say any of those things. So their spouse is left to wonder, are you even attracted to me? And the only time we talk about sex is when you want something. Yeah. So now you do feel like an object. Mm -hmm. Because you don't really want me. You don't really want to desire me. You're just trying to fulfill your needs. Correct. And let me tell you, it's not only the dudes who do this. Sometimes y'all women just want to jump all over the dude. Mm -hmm. And we're like, dang, can you just tell me you love me first? <laughs> I feel vulnerable right now. We've been to that time in our relationship. Listen, there's something that happened when a woman hits 35, between 35 and 45, where you're like, girl, I know you got knees, but dang. Because early when you get together as the dude, you're in your 20s, and you're like, you just want, you just want her all the time. And she's like, oh my gosh, I'm having children. I'm just like, no, I don't want it. And then you get used to just being. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, right, I'm going to get it when I get it. That's true. And then all of a sudden they hit 35 and they just want to jump your bones every five minutes. And you're like, what happened? And it's good for about three days. And then on the fourth day, like, mine doesn't work like yours does. <laughs> it gets tired. Okay? You got to prime the pump, lady. <laughs> so we got a question for you. I want you to ask it to yourself, am I attracted to my spouse? Am I attracted to my spouse? Some of y'all are e either mildly attracted to your spouse or some of you are hardly attracted to your spouse. And there's reasons why. Yeah, there's reasons. It, it makes sense. And, and that's true. Listen, 
Don't feel judged, and if you have it and you feel it internally, I get it, but we're gonna give you some of the reasons why, because some, some of y'all may look like, I don't even know why, like you don't even attract me anymore. We're not, you know, man, you know what? This We got so much content, we might make this a two-parter and yeah. tell the kids to go to Spring Hill one more week. Just stay out there. Yeah. Revival, revival. Um, but there's a couple of reasons why some of us are not attracted to our spouses. One of the first reasons is culture. Yeah, that's a big one. Culture. Culture has defined what beauty is. Mm -hmm. And so we get so caught up with these images that we see constantly, and they begin to dictate how we're supposed to view our spouse. We start to dictate how our spouse is supposed to look, how our spouse is supposed to dress, yeah. how our, uh, our spouse is supposed to be shaped, right? So culture begins to dictate what the what beauty is. Yeah. A second one, porn. Mm -hmm. I remember sitting in a room with a bunch of guys, like I, some of you guys know that over the last couple of years, me and eight other guys at the church went through some really dope men's transformational experiences. And there's a group of individuals there, a group of men there. And I remember the question was asked by somebody, it was like, who here doesn't watch porn at all? And I think in a room of 30, there was like one dude who put his hand up. Then I remember they had a women's experience, like the men's experience. Mm -hmm. And they asked a the question, how many of y'all don't watch porn? And there were like two women out of a group of like 30. Because the reality, the porn pandemic mm -hmm. is not limited to men. No, it's not. Because even for women, the reason you're not attracted to your spouse is because of these images that you're seeing all over TV mm -hmm. of what a man is supposed to look like. I am men in the room. I thank God that dad bods are in. Praise Jesus. <laughs> I'm like, praise God. Yeah. <laughs> we are now the definition of beauty. Mm -hmm. Before it was all these chiseled guys, strong. I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that. I got bills to pay. Yeah. You know? Like, hey, listen, we got, we got one girl in the front row whose husband is just chiseled up, and he'll show up sometimes. AJ, yeah, I'm talking about you. <laughs> Showing up from track practice, he's got his little skimpy vest on, and I'm like, put them away, AJ. Our wives are in the room, sir. Stop it. Be sitting in the back, back of the booth doing just. <laughs> Nobody cares, AJ. <laughs> My wife likes a little round. Yeah, I do. All right? But I wanted to, I wanted to dig a little deeper in culture. If we, do you remember back in the day, Marilyn Monroe? Yeah. She was a big girl. Yeah. But people were attracted to, oh my right. God, she's beautiful. If she was here today in this time, how many people would say, oh, she's not attracted because she's not, she doesn't have the, the I remember there was a time it was the skinny girls. And then there was a time, I think right now, it's the tiny waist, but you got big hips and a big butt. So it was like, as time and culture changes, people's desires change because of what their images they're seeing on TV that's said to be beautiful. Absolutely, right? absolutely. Yeah. I, I, man, that's spot on. Because another thing, a reason why a lot of us aren't attracted to our spouse anymore is because the physical changes that happen on our body. Correct. Some of the dudes in here, she was real nice and tight before she had kids. And now there's a little bit more wiggle to the jiggle. Yeah. And now their body has changed. Or, or, or ladies, you know, he used to be working out and all the time. I remember back in the day when I used to be in the gym. I used to be there too, AJ, okay? Yeah. I was chiseled too, AJ. <laughs> Have three kids, AJ, okay? I'm just saying. I take care of my kids. Can't be worried about my body. But no, the physical changes, and, and here goes the illusion. We start talking about, she's just my type, he's just my type. Can I tell you, type is an illusion. Yeah, it is. Let me, let me just free somebody right now. Type is an illusion. I'm just gonna let that sit there for a second. Everybody was in there like, nah, nah, bro, she just ain't my type no more. She was your type when you got with her. What changed? Mm. 
See, listen, generally, type is dictated by culture, like we say, by porn, mm -hmm. by seeing all these things. You realize, like, women get pumped up, so do dudes. Like, just because your husband isn't built like the guy who you see in the porn doesn't make him any less of a man. Yeah. Or our type is the last thing our spouse or looked like when we first met him. Mm -hmm. But as my wife was just saying, culture's definition changes. Because yeah. if you look in the medieval times, Round girls. That's why he talks about he's going to the hill. She had a gut. Hey. <laughs> she had a gut. Look at Marilyn Monroe. She had a little pouch. Yeah, she did. And then. <laughs> I will not repeat what my wife uh, just I said. Didn't know, I didn't know that was appropriate or not. <laughs> Culture's definition changes. Porn is not realistic unless you pay for it. Yeah. And that's what people are doing now. I mean, like, I got a buddy right now who's just like, his wife was just freaking out because she just had her second child and her chest was not at the same gravitational level as it used to be. Yeah. And the kids had hung on there a little too long. And she was freaking out. She made this guy go buy him by her, mm -hmm. it wasn't even him who was looking for it. But we look at our own selves, we begin to look at ourselves, and sometimes our unattractiveness to our spouse ain't even really about our spouse, it's about, it's about how, how we, we view look. ourselves. Yep. Yep. It's yep. about how we view ourselves. Am I, in, uh, am I adequate? Do I have the right body? Do I have the right shape? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Does my body still look like it looked like? And you know, so culture defines it, porn is not realistic, and let's be real, gravity and expansion is a real thing. Yeah, it is. The older we get, sometimes the more weight we put on, the more things hang, the more things sag, right? Yeah. Can I, can I tell you, baby, you want to say this or should I say it? Go for I it. I don't know if I'll be nice. Your type should be whatever your spouse currently looks, sounds, and is shaped like. Yeah. Oh, I got it. There were like four people who were mm -hmm. like, amen. Your, ty your, your type yep. should be whatever your spouse currently looks like, sounds like, or is shaped like. Tell them, tell them, baby. So a few years, uh, not a few years ago, but when we got together, my type was a chiseled, slim black dude with short hair. That was my type. Right now, my type has changed because my husband has changed. Dad, Bob, right? Baby. So I'm going to love whatever comes my way, whatever God throws my way. God forbid he loses an arm. Guess what? That is my type, one arm man. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Come on, girl. Whatever he is going to be is going to be yeah. my type. I can't with you. I was just, I, I didn't know where to go with it. I went to his arm. And I was like, you can lose your arm. But what I'm saying is whatever he is at the time. Trying to work out with AJ, I might lose an arm. Is, is my type. That's what I'm going to be attracted to. But it even goes deeper than that, right? It yeah, goes but deeper be, than before that. we even go that, like when I met my wife, my wife was in the gym. She was working out every yeah, single day. She was little. She was tiny. You know, so she had a little stilettos on and she was doing mm -hmm. her own little thing. And she was, and she was beautiful. And then she had kids, and expansion took place. Yeah. And you know she put and on a little weight. Stretch way marks. And stretch marks. She got her tiger stripes. Tiger. Hey, stretch marks. Those are tiger. Those are fierce. She's a fierce <laughs> sister. Hey. Listen, she lives breathes as ready? a fierce sisterhood. When I turn side, you see you know? the stripes. <laughs> she got Bye. her tiger stripes. You know, taking you clothes see? off. I'd be like, rah, rah. Come on. But then. I told her the other day, she throws on her little mom jeans and it gives her little mommy pouch. And I was like, girl, I am so attracted to that mommy pouch. Yeah, he was. I said, that mommy pouch is sexy. I went on Amazon and, and started mind, looking up like, all oh them kind of jeans. She's, <laughs> like, <laughs> she's like, oh, I got to lose this. I got to work out. I'm like, girl, 
it, whether you do or you don't, I love yeah. it just the way it is. And I was ashamed. I was ashamed of my little mommy pouch. I was afraid of it until yeah. he would actually come and he would touch my stomach and yeah. he'd say, "I love this. This carried my babies." Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And that you made me fierce. feel beautiful. That made me feel like. Lord, I was a creator. I carried children. And he's loving this, this stretch mark, this, this saggy, this jelly feeling thing. But he is loving on it. Why? Because there's it, more cushion for this cushion. Let's go, to the, let's go to the verse, please. Let's just keep moving. Okay. But what I'm saying is love your, your spouse. Love any uh, area in life that they are in. Yeah. Love that. Whatever it is. Proverbs 5, 18 through 19. Proverbs 5, verse 18 through 19 says this. And this goes for men and women. This is a father writing a letter to his son. It says, rejoice in the wife of your youth. A lovely deer. I don't know what's up with, like, animals in them back in the day. It's a little weird. A little weird. Remember when Samson left his wife and then he, he came back goat. and brought a little goat? I'm like, that was supposed to turn her on? And now, you, now Solomon is talking about your, your hair looks like goats frolicking in the fields. They had something with animals back then. Anyway, it says, rejoice in the wife of your youth, a lovely deer, a graceful doe. He says, let her breasts fill you at all times with yeah. delight. Be intoxicated always in her love. Be, be drunk with her love. Yeah. When she sees you, let it make you just go wild. Yeah. Make you act like, you know, on, on cartoons when the thing, the heart eyes came out. <laughs> like, if, if, if that, that is how you're supposed to look at your spouse. Mm -hmm. And what I like about the verse, it says always. Always. That means when you get old. When you can't, when you need walkers, when you, yeah. whatever, always, when you turn gray, always in her love, right? I was going to say something real crash, but. Don't say it. Okay. You, we have more worse to go on. Uh, Proverbs 5.20 says this. Why should you be intoxicated, my son, with the forbidden woman? And the reality is many of us are intoxicated by the women we see on TV, the men that we see on TV more than we are intoxicated by the spouse that's sitting right next to us yeah. or who's at home right now. Because the enemy wants to keep you looking at everyone else except your spouse. Yeah. That's a tactic of the enemy. The enemy just wants to rechange your focus. Remember, Samson's issue, his distraction came from his eyes. Yeah. So let me ask you, what are you looking at? Who are you looking at? Who do you see and like, oh man, they're fine. When's the last time you said that about your spouse? Mm -hmm. And so we've got to broach a different subject now. Just, yes, being sexually attracted. And the reality is, flat out, some of y'all are not having sex. Some of y'all are not having enough sex. Now we're talking about the physical act. We're not talking about just the sexual intimacy of being the attracted. Physical, yeah. Now we're talking about the actual physical sex act. Mm -hmm. There's so many people that I know, people who we've counseled, people who we have conversation with, are just like, we just don't have sex. We just had a, a friend of ours, really good friend, really close to us, married 27 years, got divorced, and started dating somebody else. And we're like, man, you're getting into this marriage. Like, you're, you're getting married kind of quick. And he was like, bro, I have not had sex in 27 years. You better believe I'm getting married quick. And I'm like, hey, listen, the Bible says get married lest you burn. So, yeah. And that's a reality. That's what's happening. I, I remember I was talking to a pastor uh, friend of mine who was like, yeah, you know, she only allows it twice a week. And it's on a schedule. Oh. And this man is like hurting all week. And his wife is just like, nah, they ain't got time for that. This is my rhythm twice a week. There's some individuals who are just like, man, I can't even remember the last time we had it. And the reality is that some of y'all in this room may not be having sex or having enough sex. Can I tell, let me just tell, let me free somebody in this room. God created sex for us to enjoy each other. Yeah. The sexual act is one of the grace physiological intimacies we can ever have. Yeah. 
God celebrated it. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Cleave is, he's going to hold her close. They're going to be tight. And the two shall become one flesh. What happens when you have sex? You become one flesh. Yeah. It's just one mass of a body, right? And let me tell you something. The level of sexual intimacy will dictate the frequency of physical intimacy. The level of sexual intimacy, remember, sexual intimacy is not limited to just the act of sex. But the level of sexual intimacy will dictate the frequency mm -hmm. of physical intimacy. Yep. And if you're not having sex physically, unless there is a medical, physical, real issue, which we've got to, hey, that's okay. Yep. But can I tell you, there's other ways. Don't act like y'all all just, mm. <laughs> what are you talking about, preacher? There's other ways. Listen, Solomon talks about oral sex in the Bible. Yeah, he does. So maybe you just had a baby and you can't actually have the, hey, there's, get creative. Yeah. Get creative. If you're not having sex, the physical sex, then there's broken sexual intimacy. Mm -hmm. There's a break in your sexual intimacy. Uh, 1 Corinthians 7, verse 2 through 5. It Read says, I'm going to repeat it one more time. 1 Corinthians 7, verses 2 through 5. It says, but because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should give to his wife her chondral rights and likewise the wife to her husband. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, mm. but the husband does. Mm. But read, read, no, no, read, read that again. Read that again. For the, somebody needs to hear this. For the wife does not have authority over her own body, mm. but the husband does. But but what else? Likewise, uh. the husband does not have authority over his own body. Yeah, buddy. But the wife does. <laughs> so when she wanted... I'm not done. Oh, sorry. No. I got excited. Got Do excited. not deprive one another. Come on. Except perhaps by agreement for a limited time that you may devote yourself to prayer, but then come together again so that Satan may not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Yo, I just want to preach a whole message just on that scripture. Yeah. There's a few things that I want you guys to know that they said. Number one, each wife, each husband should have their own husband. Yeah. Their own wife, their own spouse. Each person should have their own spouse. Mm -hmm. Read verse one because I, I want to make a note in here for somebody in this room. You said verse one? And we, we're recording this, right, Jose? All right, cool. Because I, I need somebody to hear this. If you're listening on the podcast right now, this one here is for you. Read the first verse. Now concerning the matters about which you wrote, it is good for a man not to have sexual relationships with a, women, a woman. And then read the second verse. But because of the temptation to sexual immorality, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. Did y'all catch that? Anybody who says the Bible doesn't say anything about premarital sex... You just read it. Yep. And the church was having issues with it, and that's why they wrote to Paul, and they said, hey, pastor, we're having issues with everybody sleeping around. Yep. Everybody just, they trading spouses. Corinthian church was in a place where there was a lot of sexual corruption, a lot of sexual struggles. immorality. And so Paul tells them, he says, listen, it is good that y'all don't, that if you guys don't have sex. But because of the temptation of sexual immorality, mm -hmm. meaning it, the temptation of sex outside of the bounds of what God created it, a monogamous relationship between a man and a woman in holy matrimony under the authority of God. Yeah. It felt like we just need to define that. Yeah. You guys should get married. Keep it holy. Mm -hmm. That's what he's saying. Keep it holy. And then he says, remember 
hey, wife, spouse, that's not your body. When you got married, you gave your body to your husband. It was a gift that you gave him. This is now yours. And vice versa. And husband, when you mm -hmm. said yes, you gave your body to your wife. It is not yours. I want to make that point because we're going to get, we're going to get to this. Because some of y'all are like, well, what happens when? We'll figure that out. But we need to set the foundation first. Correct. So stop using sex. As a punishment. As a punishment, as in a whipping in your relationship. You know what that's called? Manipulation. Yeah. You know who manipulates? The devil. It is Come satanic. Correct. Correct. I'm mad at you, so you're not going to get none. That is demonic and satanic. That's demonic. Well, because you didn't take the trash out, you're not going to get any. That's dumb. <laughs> First of all, y'all must really not like sex, because I like sex. I could be mad at her. I'm like, we still having sex. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm so mad right now. <laughs> I can't believe you talked to me that way. He <laughs> crazy. Hey, we grown here. And then the last part is really dope. He says, only hold out from each other under mutual agreement. Correct. To devote yourselves to prayer. Mm-hmm. Not under mutual agreement because I'm just tired. Listen, I'll be honest with y'all. Let's just be real. Be real. Sometimes my wife is tired. Mm-hmm. Wife is exhausted. And I said, babe, you ain't got the work. <laughs> nope. Let me do you a favor. <laughs> Relax. Am I right? Correct. And there's some times where I'm like, babe, man, I'm exhausted. Like, man, it's been a rough. I, I deal with insomnia, and I'm like, man, I cannot sleep at night. For the last two nights, I have not been able to sleep. Last night, I probably had two hours of sleep. Like, I just could not fall asleep. And so sometimes, like Josue Valentino said, you know, <laughs> my mind is telling me, yeah. <laughs> but my body is telling me, no, oh, oh, oh. Yeah. And my wife is like, don't worry about it. I got you. And before I know it, my body is like, heck yeah. Yep. So, um, you know what? This is what we're going to do. We're just going to get there. We're going to make this a two-parter. You guys good for a two-parter? Yeah, yeah. Want to talk about this next week as well, too? Uh, we're going to finish off the sex, then we're going to talk about two other intimacies next week. Mm -hmm. Now, the kids can be in that one. Yeah, because we're going to talk about the other one. Yeah, I mean, we might talk about sex still, so, I mean. All right, so how do you increase the level of sexual intimacy? I'm not talking about sex act. How do you increase the level of sexual intimacy? Ben, you can go ahead and come up. First thing is honesty about your needs. Be honest, be open, talk to each other about everything. Talk yeah. to each other about your sexual intimacy. Talk to each other about your physical intimacy. What you like, what you don't like. Um, I know at the beginning of my relationship, um, I was scared to share what, what hurt or didn't feel good because I thought you just supposed to take whatever. You know what I'm saying? So don't be afraid to talk to each other. L allow honesty to be a part of your marriage and your intimacy. Yeah, that, that's really huge because if I don't know what you desire or what you like, then I don't know if I'm doing it correctly for you. Correct. And you know what that's going to create? If you just keep on taking it and Even if it's uncomfortable or you don't like it, you're going to build resentment towards the person. Correct. Because now you're going to be like, oh, I don't really want to do it anymore. And the because spouse is going to be like, I don't know why. Like, are you not attracted to me anymore? Do you not want to? But the thing about it is you guys have not talked about it. You haven't been honest about your needs. Mm -hmm. And for guys, like, don't be ashamed to say, babe, I, I need a little bit more. For women, hey, babe, I need it a little more. Yeah. It's not only the dudes. I know we always make this character of culture that guys are these horn toads that go around and they just like want to hump everything. Yeah. That is not true, partly. <laughs> but women go through seasons like that as well, too. Correct. Where their hormones are going wild and they want it a lot. And there's sometimes where the guy's like, man, I'm tired. But you've got to be able to have this communication. Be like, hey, what's going to work for both of us? Yeah. Somebody phone ringing? Tell them you're talking about sex. You're talking about later. 
The next one is engage in their love language. Uh, there's an amazing book called Love Languages by Gary Chapman. Yeah. Do you know what your, your spouse's love language is? Is it acts of service? Is it touch? Is it um, proximity, like being close to each other? If you don't know what your, your spouse's love language is, how are you truly loving them? You know what I'm saying? So that's one thing that you guys need to figure out. Well, it's online, like I think there's a free yeah, questionnaire and stuff like that, but figure out what makes your spouse feel loved. I could be giving him, I could be touching him and holding him and whatever, and find out like that's not his love language, right? And I'm thinking, oh, I'm giving you love, I'm giving you love, but what if he just needs acts of service? Mm. You know, so find out each other's love language. That's really huge, getting to know what the other person, what turns the other person on, what gets the other person excited yeah. about it. Because you may be a person who, do love, who does love physical touch and your spouse may not like it. Yeah. And the reason you guys have to be honest and talk about it because you don't know what happened to your spouse way back when. Remember how we talked about, like, we got to, forgiveness is the last F that we need to talk about? Yeah. Because there may have been some things that happened to your spouse. Listen, it's not just women. I went through this transformational experience with all these men and I could not count how many men had been sexually assaulted. Men. Guys who walk around. I think that's one of the reasons why guys walk around and try to be all tough because they are uh, the scared little boy inside who was touched by a family member. Yeah. By a friend. And so you guys need to have that conversation like, man, you don't like touch, you don't like touch. I know a couple right now who one of the uh, individuals in the relationship is all about physical touch, but the person who they keep touching was touched inappropriately a lot. And so it's uncomfortable for them. But they needed to have that conversation because you're just like, man, I just don't want you to touch me. What it's telling the other person is you don't love me, you don't want me close to you. Yeah. But we've got to start getting deeper into the conversations of like, why? And we're going to talk about that in the last two forms of intimacy, which is just incredible. Incredible. We're, 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 built, we're building something here. And then the last one? Preferring one another. Preferring one another. Yep. This is huge. I don't think we have enough of preferring one another in relationships. No. We come into a relationship and this is mine. This is yours. This is my body. It's your body. We come in here saying, like, this is my way. I, I want it my way. This is what's mm. comfortable for me. This is what's comfortable for you. But the reality, we got to be like, hey, what's comfortable for us? Yeah. How do we live aligned with each other? How are we going to prefer one another? If, Ephesians 5.21, coming out of the text, what this series is built off of, Ephesians 5.19 through 21, it says this, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yeah. See, in Ephesians 5.22, it says, wives, submit to your husbands. And we love to tote that. Mm -hmm. Woman, it's biblical. Submit. I'm the man of the house. But the text right before that says, submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. Yeah. So there's a mutual submission. There is a mutual preferring. Mm -hmm. There's a mutual, I'm going to put you first, and you're going to put me first. And when we do that, guess what? We find this beautiful harmony Yeah. in the middle of that. And that just leads into Romans chapter 12, verse 10. That's Romans 12, verse 10. It says, outdo one another in showing honor. What would marriages look like if... I'm trying to outdo how much he loves me, and he's trying to outdo how much I love him. What would that look like? Even not just outdoing each other in honor, outdo each other in serving. Baby, I got that. Yeah. Outdo each other in, in physical or sexual, like, hey, it's not about me. How can I fulfill his needs? And deep down in his head, he's like, how can I fulfill her needs? And it comes into a beautiful thing because we're trying to, we're not, it's not about me. I'm trying to do something for him. What if marriage is supposed to be holy instead of happy? Woo! Say that again. We're so, we're so quick to think about, oh, the happy, let's do a happy marriage, the happily married. What if it was supposed to be holy married? How can I outdo him and serve in serving him and loving him? 
And I'm thinking of how, how Jesus outdid the church. This is not even in the notes. How Jesus outdid the church in loving us. How God sent his son for us. I know it's not part of this, but still, how is the husband going to outdo his wife in loving and serving and honoring her? And vice versa, how are we going to serve and honor our God who gave his only son? Right? Absolutely. So this is our biggest takeaway for today. Sex is good. Sex is good. But it's the lowest on the totem pole of a healthy relationship. Mm -hmm. Sex is good. It's amazing. It's great. But can I tell you, it can get better. Oh, yeah. Because there's going to come a time in your life where you're not going to be able to have sex, whether it's physical, whether it's, you know, physiological, you're sick, you're in a season. Sometimes it's just age, things just stop working. Sex is good, but it's the lowest on the totem pole of a healthy relationship. Yeah. What's great in this conversation about sexual intimacy is sexual intimacy is greater just than the physical act. Yeah. And sexual intimacy begins with what my wife just said, preferring one another. And so today, I just want to ask you, married folk, how are you doing preferring your spouse? How are you doing serving your spouse? How are you doing honoring your spouse? How are you doing celebrating yeah. your spouse? Big one. Because that is sacrifice. Scripture tells us that Jesus, for the joy set before him, endured the cross. Mm. In relationships, we're going to walk through our own crucibles. But if I know the joy set before me, if I know the commitment that I have to my spouse, if I know the beautiful love relationship that can be built, I'll be able to endure whatever comes my way. I'm talking for those who are still married right now. I'm not talking, you know, like, I, I don't want to offend anybody who's been divorced or anything like that. We understand that there are times where it gets that way. We might even talk about that. But right now, we're talking about those who are in this relationship or who are going to be committed to this love relationship. If you want to build a healthy marriage, a healthy sexual intimacy, it's going to begin by preferring one another outdoing each other in honor. Come on, let's all stand up. And if you got your spouse next to you, where, Denver, where you at? I know you're in the building. Come hold Angie's hand. Melissa, you want to come hold your husband's hand? No, I'm joking. He's on the band. <laughs> just stretch your hand out to him. If you're here with your husband, just hold their hand. If you're here with your spouse, your wife, just hold their hand. Or look at them. Blow them kisses. Yeah. If they're on the stage. Do me a favor. Turn around and look at each other. I think this is a good witness for everybody who's standing here. I know people are like, oh, this is awkward. We're just looking at people married, look at themselves. Go this on, Joy. You go need on, to Joy. celebrate that. Go jo find Joy, your go, man. Go, go, go to the soundboard. Go be with your man. <laughs> go be with your man. I want you to look at each other right now. Yes, yeah, so turn and look at each other. Don't, don't, don't like side, this, this side stuff. No, like, like, like right here. Just don't do this. Don't do this. Hey, hey. I need y'all to look at each other. In fact, y'all don't have mics in your hands, so grab each other's hands and just look at each other in the eye. Listen, baby. Or girl, boy, whatever. Where's Stacia? Oh, she took off for work? Okay, all right. Do this with her when you get home. Look in the eye, you can say their name, and you say, I choose you. Yeah, choose you. I choose you. I love you. Yeah. Just tell them, I love you. I love you. And my eyes are committed to being on you. Yeah. Now let's pray. God, I thank you for these incredible marriages in this room. Thank you, Lord, that no matter what's going on in their marriage, God, you supersede all of it. Yes. 
God, I pray for every single individual or dating individual as they look at these married couples in this room. I pray, God, that they may look at this as a moment either to look forward to or just a moment of gratitude yes. that there is the hope of healthy marriages. God, I pray for every single marriage. And listen, if, you, if you're single in the room, just extend your hand to a, a couple. God, we're praying for Holy Spirit activation in Come their on, marriage. In the name of Jesus. Activate love. Hmm. Activate forgiveness. Yes. Activate passion. Activate desire. Yes. Activate yes. gratitude. Yes. God, may these marriages in this room flourish into such beacons for society. May they be witnesses in their household. May they be witnesses in their family circles. May they be witnesses on their jobs. May they be witnesses in their church. May they be witnesses in society of what two individuals committed wholeheartedly to each other looks like. Yes, and God, I pray that you would give them influence. Yes. For those who have children, may their children long to have spouses like their parents. Yes, Lord. May they have the model of marriage in their household in such a way that they say, man, I want to be like mom and dad. Yes. Yes. God, I pray that you would just unite them physically. God, I pray that their sex life will increase. It will flourish and it will be amazing. God, bring them to the point where they can pray through sex and give glory to you for your goodness and your grace. And then hold each other afterwards and have that pillow talk that gives gratitude for each other. God, we pray against the enemy's wiles. I pray against porn addiction. I pray against cultural influence. I ask God that you will purify our hearts and purify our minds and purify our eyes. Yes, Lord. That our eyes will be only laid on the individual looking right in front of us. God, I pray that you may break those bonds of sin. Yes. Break those bonds of addiction, sexual addiction and dysfunction. Yes, Lord Jesus. And unite us, God, in holiness. That won't lead to happiness, but it'll lead to joy yes. and peace that yes, pass Lord. all understanding. We don't want to just be happy, God. We want to be holy. Because yes. true joy comes from holiness. Thank you, God, for loving us. Thank you, Jesus, for showing us the model of what true sacrifice is. May we do this for our spouses. In the mighty, precious name of Jesus. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Thank you again for joining us on the Relevant Church podcast. If this message has been impactful to you, let us know by sending an email to hello at thisisrelevant.cc. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing at giving.thisisrelevant.cc. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast for more messages like this one.